0: So today's daf is doth, daf and we begin from the Gemara. So in yesterday's, uh, oh, sorry, last year, I should say, in the beginning of the halach, we saw that however, for example, if it was created first as a thick dough, so, despite the fact it's going to be, say, fried and like, it's not going to be baked, nonetheless, it's still be chayyabachala, right? it have to be both, both, as we said, sufkin and sofa, sufkin. So the question was as far as how to eat up. Shal, to the red, red she asked us, follow, she asked the following question, um, that begin to ana baila uh, meyvad itzvati itri, itri, sorry, uh, what is it? Itri, that's it. it. Because he said, she said, this is what I want to do. I'm making a thick dough to make sufganim, meaning from the beginning, her dart was to make sufganim. And we said before, this whole thing that if it's chilata isan so far then it's pato is only if that wasn't your doubt. That was what we said importantly yesterday, they were towards the end of the year. If it was your doubt from the outset to make sufkanin, even if you made a thick isan in the beginning, it'd still be pato. So she says, she asks the same question. Maud nisvane, nisvana. Can I take it? Vetiye ptura minachala and should be pato from chala, which is what we seem to suggest previously when we learned the Mishnah. However, amar, amar why not? Because that was your kavannah. It doesn't matter if from the beginning. You made a thick dough. Since your kavannah was to turn it into something that should be pato. he went to ask his father, he said to him, No, asu. It's asu. Why? Asu mishum That is Because you've turned it into a thick dough, the concern is that it actually you might end up. Baking it and then being chay b'challa. I'll read this as follows: this is Reb Chaim. Isa Since she turned into a dough, which was like a thicker, thick dough, Despite her kavana, Just in case she changes her mind, Isa No one actually bake it into bread. she would think be That's why we say that in that situation, even if your kavana was to make. It into these, um, into these sufkanim, since because if we said you're patur and then she you changed her mind, you think, oh, in the beginning I was patur, I should be patur. Now, despite the fact I'm changing my mind, no, when you change your mind, you would be chayev, because chlata isa and sofo isa. So, therefore, under all circumstances, if in the beginning you made it as thick dough, even if that was your intention to make the sufkanim, it would just still be chayav, not writer Okay, let's continue. The next case was the b- k- b- haknuvka ka'ot and this Kruvka, we said, was this type bread that will prepare and then crumble it up back into a flour like substance to, as baby food. And we said in that situation, Bihai. Now, there's a lot sort of different ways to slice and dice what's actually happening in the next few lines. Reb Chaim doesn't seem to comment on it. So it seems to be like the, he follows the graph. He simply jump, He goes, Rabbi Shua ben Levi says, So we skip it you in know, quite a few words. Uh, the other explanations, are these actual explanations, what this knufka order is, 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 some take a kapitas, the um r- says keep some of it in. But the gist of what's happening now is, why does mishnah have to tell us that this knuvka ot would be this knuvka is chayev? That is because you might think, since I'm turning it back to flour, it's not a din, doesn't have a din lechem, and I could be pater from challah. Mashman, no, you have turned into bread. despite the fact you crumble it up later, it's still chayv in challah. zavda isad mevarin. Um, so we know a suva, suda havra'ah is, um, is what they give to a mourner after they come back from the funeral. So I'll just read exactly what this isa, this special bread associated with that is. And Reb Chaim says as follows. He says that, dara country of suda she yeah. osin isa, that makes them dough, the chosrim, and they, oh, some bread, the they turn it back into kemah, exactly like this knuv code, exactly like this case we learned in the Mishnah. Remez, that's a hint at because that's to hint to the avil as a part of a nechamat, to the concept that just as this bread goes back to what its original state was, back as flour, if you like, so to atid, this met is atid lachso, will also come back to its original form, which is back to being a, a living creature. However, once again, once again, again this, just like the Gnuv Koramish, so too this is as well. Again, Shalotama, you might think, since your intention in the beginning was turned into this lasola to bake it back, take it, sorry, to make it back into this flower. It should be you think it should be part of Kamash malan? that's not the case. Next. Rava Now Kutach, I'm sure you probably remember from Babli. Kutach is like kutakh bavli, which is some sort of um, they take whey, like whey and melach, and they take breadcrumbs bread crumbs or bread and they put it into it. And it sounds like, I just read a little bit more on, um, of the uh, um, Rosh Serilio. He says, mm-hmm. But this lechem that you're making for this kutach, often, ain't often you don't bake it in an oven, you bake it in the sun. You just like, it's sun-baked. It's like sun-dried tomatoes. You've got sun-baked bread of some sort. Mm-hmm. The Yesh some people explain, still reading Rosh Serilio because he explains a bit more to Rosh on this. Rabbi Chaim explains it like I've just explained. But he says, <laughs> You actually leave it to really over... Um, Ferment, if you like. um That's the right term for bread. Until it's really not edible, but often you bake it, and then you crumble it up and put in this kutach. And since it's not ra'u'i and so on, I thought it would, be, it would not be considered and chala. Nonetheless, it says chayven chala. So how does rab Chaim explain it? Rab Chaim explains why is he Chaim chala? Because, sorry, let's continue. The Gemara explains it. The concern is what's going to happen. You might actually, even though you're preparing this, Kutach bread, we'll call it that. It was going to be, the dough was going to be prepared to be in the, like to sun-baked or the other parish was going to be overly uh, fermented. And then you change your mind. And then it would be Chayev. So again, so Rav Chaim says, you're going to bake it oven and you'll be chayiv. And you might think, oh, because initially I decided, I thought to make it this kutach bread. I should be part of once again, for similar reasons, like we saw before, when you make that thick bread for the purpose of this sufkanim, we said there's a to say you should be chayev, just in case one might change their mind. We have to announce, um, that these people make these avitzin. Avitzin, we explain explained that this is the... Um, they make thick dough, but in order to make sufganim, like we said, like we started the shiur. So, diun av din They should make the dough less of the shear of challah. Why? Dinun sabim, they think that it's by its nature, it's because my covenant is to make um, these sufkanim, But as we said before, with this gzera it applies to it just in case they change their mind in its usage. And really, Mishum under all circumstances. Okay, let's continue. Now to this me'isa. So, Tani Reb Yishmael Berebi Yossi Omer, Mishumavib. Ezu Mi'isa. What is this Mi'isa we talked about? We saw there was a machlokit in the Mishnah between Beit Shama and Beit Hillel. Mi'isa Beit Shamai says, Potrim or Beit Hillel says, Machayivim. And then we said, Chalita is Beit Shamai says, Chayivim, Beit Hillel Potrim. So we said it was like Shittor Hafuch. I kind of spoiled the surprise when I explained the Mishnah, but let's, let's see how it plays out in the Gemara. So the Gemara says, um, well, I'll explain to you. What is this Mi'isa? Uh, tani. You pour, pour, like boiling hot water, onto the kemach. And chalita is when you take this, the kemach and pour it into the chamim. Okay. And we seem to have a reverse machloka between the two. So, ita chami, like tashma, let's have a look. So let me explain. In the case of chalita, chalita is when what? The kemach is playing, placed into the chamim. Okay. And when it's placed in the chamin, meaning we've got a principle. This is I'm explaining outside what Reb Chaim says. We've got a principle. is called tata gavar, meaning that which is the bottom is more prominent, has more of a greater effect. Okay, so if in that case Beit Shammai says it's not considered Bishal and you'd be chayev, then kavachomer. If it was the other way around, you'd think also you'd be chayev if you pour the water on top. But we've just switched the she in that say, case, and he's saying chayev. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So that's why Rabbi Yossi says Rabbi Yossi b'Shem Rachizki b'shem, b'Shem Rabbi Chia says Shnei Tal You're right. There probably isn't any difference between the two. But again, there are, these are two different tanaim. Have a machloket in terms of what is a machloket becham and behilal. Both chalita and misa are exactly the same. One understands it's becham speaking machmir. Another one understands a it's behilavimach. Okay. Um, it says, "Rebbeim b'shem R' Yochanan." It says, Ruba." I went to Kisrin. I went to Kisrin to ask Rebbe Roshaya this question. And he explained to me he also resolve the mission exactly the same way. That's actually shnei tamedim mishnah and shnei In other words, like uh, like we say in the Babli, mishishan azul, lo shan Right? Different taneim explain different things. However, the Chachamim says, "Lo kedivrezev, lo kedivrezev." I don't. It doesn't. There's no stock standard way of assessing in case of chalita and um chalita uh, and meisa. Meaning mean, it's not always Chayv, it's not always Pato. Ella, it depends what you do with it. Ella nefe, but I know if it's baked in the oven, then you The Ilfa, if it's a pot, if it's pan-baked, if you like, then we say, or oh, Bakeder, in a pot, then it's Pato. Again, okay? it doesn't matter the it's a pat. So ezu Chalut Bar, or what's considered real Chalita, that the, even the Chachamuim would agree is Pato Mi even if it was baked, that is Amra Zira, Kol or Mehalech tachtav. That's when that if it if it's not just boiling hot was poured into it, but also there was a flame below, so it was like scaldingly hot water. That's when it will affect the flour in such a way that even if you bake it after, it would be part of Michala. Okay. However, Yas Tachtav He says no, even if you put the Or Tachtav meaning it's called in that way, if your intention was always to make it into batzek, it'd be and chala. So let me just read the chayim. He says, You're going to need it. Now, Reb Chaim then connects to the next case. So It doesn't connect. The Roshua connects it more clearly, but let's continue. It says, What kali? This is like, um, it's like a scorched uh, flower, really. She'asam Now, just so you see, just for, uh, for completeness to read, Rav Shira says, that's affecting the case of Me'isa, like, a, sorry, of its mamash halut barur. He says as follows, Kemach kali shehasa batzek b'chayev b'chala. You, that's when you'd be b'chayev b'chala, because, once again, because you're turning it into dough and you're baking it. However, Rabbi Bishem, your Rabbi Yochanat says, V'hu that's only when you bake it. What does that mean? I'll read your Reb Chaim, he says, Aval im ochlosh kishu batzek, if you're going to eat it in its dough state, you're not chayv b'chala if you had this kemach uh, kali. Why? Despite the fact we learned that the isa If you normally make some sort of dough in order to eat it in that state, you'd be chayv right, b'chala, right? Even if you're not going to bake it, we say heinu That's because you can't eat flour on its own, and because you made it edible through kneading it into this dough, that's why then. That, that's why it's in this case, if had you not baked it, Because it was already edible, if you like, in that state, as Kali as this parched uh parched flour, it's not really parched flour. The way um Reb Chaim explains it, he actually explains it, not like really like I explained before, but he says you took parched kernels. They were edible on their own and turned it into flour. Since it was already edible in its state, if you didn't bake it into bread, then you wouldn't be chay Now, there's is a difference. If you're taking something already edible and the fact that you've just turned it into this doughy substance is not making it any more edible than it was before, that's when you're patr v'chala, right? Unless, of course, you bake it and turn it into bread. That's what Rabbi Yossi is saying. However, in the case of Tosefta, it says if you take some flour and want to just have it as, and your intention always to eat it as in this doughy state, not baked, then you would be in chala. Why? Because you're making it edible through the process. That's why Rabbi Chaim is between the Tosefta and this Gemara. Okay, fine. Um, next case. So we said before that if you have chalot, if you, someone makes these minchor offerings, for either a kormantoda or the mincha manach or the that come with the offerings, we say if he make it for himself, then it's patul. Why is he patul? Because the Torah says it's the first of your doz. And this is made for the purpose of a hekdesh for a korban. That's why you're mechala. So why is it then in korban shuk that if the if he's if the is making this like he's in your shulayin close to the base mikdash, he's making all these mincha offerings for individuals. Why is he patul then? Because as we explained yes, in yesterday's shir. Uh, on saying yesterday yesterday was Shabbos. on Friday's year it says <laughs> um, because it's not uh, it, it's not dependent on him in other words because in other words, as we said yesterday, since he doesn't know people are gonna buy it it might end up that no one buys his bread that day and therefore he might either um either he might either keep it more himself or he might sell it to other people that want to take it home for just for bread for lunches the next day. Therefore, it's the way Rochayim explained yesterday is bedat ha-kodesh bil when he made it, it wasn't bedat, for it to be specifically hektash. As we said, and the concern is he might, you can, shema, or the way, um, graduates might not find buyers for the mincha offerings, or you can explain other ways, you can keep the gears it is, or Shemi finds people that want to just buy it from regular food, and therefore. Um, it will be tabled straight away because it's not considered anymore arisoteichem, meaning, sorry, it is considered and then it's not considered purely, uh, as we say, um, for hektash Okay, next Mishnah. Nachdom or chayav What if a nachdom makes a whole lot of dough, but he's making what's so, which is sourdough, and these use this sourdough really for starters. He made a large batch, okay, um, which is a shiru but his intention is people aren't going to buy a shirochala's worth of sourdough from him. What are they going to do? They're going to buy smaller, smaller pieces. So he makes a whole batch and he's going to, and he divides it up. In that situation, despite the fact you're dividing in small pieces that are each less than the shirachala, yis chayat For very similar reasons we saw by the, by the baker who's making these halot for a toda or Riki nezir. We'll see soon. But nashim shna'nul la nachtom la sot la what if these women gave the nachtom some sourdough, some, some wheat to make some tado. <im> <b'she lechat> <hem> this is very important, we'll see as we get to learn the sugya. It, it, towards the end of the daf If none of them gave him a shir independently on their own, then we say, then, we say, then the nachtob doesn't have to separate anything, because even though in his hands, he has a shir chala, it was a adat le'chalec, and he's got definite people to khalek to. unlike when he's selling in a shop, he doesn't know, maybe someone's going to want to buy it all, as the Gemara explained later, and therefore it's part of menachal. Okay, because each of them are considered independent from another, even though he's combined it all together. We'll discuss that soon in a few different ways. So, isak kl- haklavim, isak klavim is literally doughs or breads they used to make for dogs. Now, sometimes the sh- depending, we'll see what is what is this definition of isak klavim. However, it sounds like or you know? If the shepherds would would eat from it or be able to eat from it, then it's considered bread. So, chayev Umishatvinbo, meaning you can make an Eir of or an Eir uh, Roshit of Mavoy. So, if you recall, one's not allowed to carry it, one is um, normally on the right allowed to carry an Roshut Yachid. Okay, but a shared Chatzir, despite the fact the right have been defined as a since that region uh, is shared by people, much like a Roshut Arabim is shared by people, Chachavim are concerned that if we allow you share, to to carry in this shared Chatzir, people think, what's it from here on the street? I can carry, I can carry there. Therefore, they, they instituted this uh, Eruv Chatzera, this Gzera, if you like, uh, that everyone comes together, combines their food in one house, that all to come together, really is a form of a Heker to, to differentiate, to, uh, so people understand that this is different to the Shusha's So you can't carry without it. The of boy is the same type of idea. And mavoi is a Mavoy is an alleyway onto which many Chatzera would open up. Again, uh, we'll, we'll learn this in the Masech DeRubim, but effectively, a Yachid, that one could very easily confuse with Rosh Hashanah because it's also like a street. Similarly, <laughs> you make a zimun on it, because it's bread. But you can make a zimun on it, because you're making bread for a human being. You're cooking for a human's needs. make a zimun because you're making bread for human If you're matzah zahadavet, you If, however, the roim do not eat from it, meaning it's not considered bread anymore. Therefore, you can't use it for you can't make the bracha of a on it. Not bread, and also you cannot make a zimman on it. So it. food, and therefore it was bread, and therefore it's not considered matzah either if it was made matzahs out of this, isat uh, klavim. And however, benkach benkach, either way, whether it's edible to Rome or not, since it is still, we'll see how this works then, since it's chazi says, since a person could eat it, we say it's still metame tomat ochlin, it's susceptible to tome; it can be tamer like all other food, it can become tamer, okay? You might think, once again, it's not bread, it shouldn't be food, but it sounds like since it's edible, it's edible enough to have the din of food for tomat ochlin, but not considered enough to be considered bread. That's what it sounds like at this stage, okay? You would never be mavarit, even if it was a case of survival? No, we're talking Mavarach, meaning hamotzi. It's not fine as bread. I guess you make hamotzi. Yeah. You, you make it may probably make a mezonot on it. Mavarachim is talking about whether it's exists to find as bread for hamotzi. Okay. 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 Let's continue. Um, now, this sugi we've already seen in Meshech Tamasro, and it comes up again here for you'll see for obvious reasons because we used our Mishnah to try and solve the question. And this is a debate between Yochanan and Rish Lakish, which is as follows: Roshlo Midato. So, if you remember, we said that that. Even once someone picks uh some produce or harvests some food, you're allowed to continue eating a snack from it without separating trauma and master If you have what's called a Sudat Keva, you can't. It's considered Tevil. You have to separate trauma and master But you're allowed to have what's called an achilat Aray. Until either, if you bring it home, it comes to your house, or if you're selling Tamak, until it reaches what's called Gemara Malacha. And once it's Gemara Malacha, that's considered Zabadat Tevil. You can't even snack from it. And for the purposes of this of this discussion, uh, Miruah Hakri, that's when you smooth over the pile, that's considered Gamar and you can't eat it. What happens though if you haven't reached that stage and someone else comes and smooths over your pile? Does it now cover for you? Does it make a cover? Is it nikhali I mean, he's done you a favor by finishing that order, or it's, you can't, you can't, right? You can't bring someone else's produce to Miruah Hakri. So that's the debate we saw previously. Um, we said Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Shimon the Rabbi Yochanan says nitabel, meaning it becomes tevel, it works. And Rabbi Shimon Malakish says lo nitabel, you can't, you can't affect that for your friend. You can't. Uh, the fact that he smoothed it all over, over doesn't make it fully tevel. That was a machlok we saw. So maybe that's which the words around Rabbi Shimon the Rabbi Yochanan. Why is that? Because again, Rabbi Shimon Malakish says you can't affect somebody else's, you can't cause somebody else's food to be tevel. You can't affect the gemar So how do we see this here? All these women gave small amounts of dough to sorry flour to this baker to make some or some sourdough for them. We said if none of them have the shi'urchala, then it's patum Ah, but the gummaras, but once and altogether there should be a shi'uchala. So Rabbi Oshimar Lakshmi Listen, proof for me. Because he's effectively doing the equivalent of Murachakri. He's effectively rolling dough that's a Vashir Khala, But because it belongs to all these other people, that's why it's patur. Therefore, it's a raya for me that you can't bring somebody else's product to table like Murachakri. Okay? So, Amale, no, what do you bring a case from Manachashniyahi? Shina Osa Isa Amana Lechalka Batseh. Uh, uh, he says it's different. It's like the way I explained in our case of our Mishnah, meaning because this is all owned by independent people. And despite the fact you're needing it together, the intention is to distribute it to all those different, different people. It's already Perturmanachala. It's not like you're taking someone else's, kri uh, and it's moving it over. This is, it's almost like during the process, you view them all as being less than the Shira and as not combining to make the Shirachala. Okay. Don't compare the case of the nachtom. But one second, we saw a nachtom chasasa What are you talking about? The ratio of the Mishnah was a nachtom that makes dough, despite the fact he intends to separate it. It's chayv and So you see, they do combine, despite the fact you want to separate it. No the Don't bring again. Why Again, with a nachtom, despite the fact he'd like to sell them small in small quantities, lots of other people. He might that, that might not be what the customer wants. It's on the Shema, just in case, Maybe a, 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 someone coming to the shop said, you know what, I'll take it all. Or I'll take enough that's going to be shiru chala. And therefore, that's why we say anachtom, then uh, you can't say that even if his dat is lechalech, it should be reason to be patur. No, because anachtom different situation. It's not dependent on him. He, he might want to lechalek, but it, it might not be able to eventuate. Right? It's dependent on the lekochot, and therefore he's chai So it's as if he's not ladat lechalek, if you like. Okay? So I'm let's bring another kasha. This is a famous case of chorey nemalim. Chorey nemalim, if you recall, we said last time that what happens is, is that there can be, the, the ant hole seemed to... Take a significant portion into the antholes. And we, we talked about what happens, like Leket in the Chorinamalim, the Chorinam comes up quite a lot. In other words, it can be quite a store there in these Chorinamalim, these antholes. So we said, what about Khayab? What happens if you've got anthole that was discovered after, like overnight after, the, the, right next to a whole pile that was Chayev, meaning Murachakri had occurred? We say, the contents are going to be Chayev because it, the assumption is. It's come from something that is Tevil. That pile was already Tevil, Murachakri. If you now excavate and take out all that, that, um, all that grain, it'd be Chayim and it be Ha, what will we learn from this? If it's next to a pile that hasn't yet been smoothed over, so it's not yet reached Ramalacha, then the contents of that anthole, if you like, are going to be Patur. What's the Kasha? The Kasha is these ants have effectively performed Meruah HaKri. They've finished off the process. They've filled up their pile, if you like. Nonetheless, we say it's patur. Ah, this Lakish is, is, is trying to say to Rabbi Yochanan, you see that if someone else is smoothing over, if you like, your pile, it can't affect it. In this case, the ants weren't able to make it chayev because it reached some sort of form of gamar So Amr Rabbi Ochanan says, don't bring a kashram ants. He says, it says, says, That it's Why is it patur? Not because they don't have a koach. It's because the owners are miyayish. They know that the ants going to take a certain percentage, and they give up hope completely. They're not going to. They don't assume it to be theirs. Ah, so it makes a difference then, because Yush lifnei Yush that occurs <laughs> before Gemara Malacha, it's going to be patur from Trumas Masra. However. If it came from a pile that's chayev, that's already tevel, it doesn't matter if you're or you're it because it's already chayev. That's why if it came from an if it was the ant next to a pile that was chayev, you'd be chayev and tromosomat. So it's all hinging on this concept of Yush, not nothing to do with our discussion whatsoever. So, however, Shmuel Bar Abba says, I'll give you a different reason why it doesn't relate, because Amar the hen shigaru roshe shibulim. Meaning, hasn't, these ants haven't taken out the kernels, they've taken off the tops. If you like the sheaves, uh, ants can do quite incredible things, but they've taken the tops out. So they're still in their husks, if you like. And there wasn't, therefore, as some sort of miruachakri, some completion that occurred, if you like, in the side of the anthole. And that's why, again, you can't bring a proof from this case. Okay. There's two ways to, if you like, reject the anthole case. So, native um, uh, here you've got re- a switch of gears. So, um, Reviochanan, Le, Reviochanan, Rishum, Reviochanan, Gamran, ha-gizbar v'achah kachpadyan p'turim now the crushers is as follows what happens if you maktish your produce and then the gemar malacha occurred in the hands of the gizbar okay and then you're potted so since gemar malacha occurred in the hands of the gizbar we say patuk Shuma asr because it was in the ritual of the shumasum asr now the Gmas Harea gizbar ke v'atama v'atam masha asa asui but we're saying one second the Gizbar isn't Hektesh. The gizbar is like someone else. It's a third party, if you like. And we're saying his gmar Malachah is significant. It's just like it's calling Gemar Malachah to be in of hekdesh, of which makes it Patul from Trumas and That seems to be what Rabbi Yochanan that says, if someone else says Gemar malacha, it has significance. It'd be and So it says, Amar it's a Rebbe So uh, Reb can respond. Tiftar commander amar gizbar kabalim you can say no that the gizbar is, has the status at hold the authority of the balin and that would be the Lok yosi this is not like rabiosi the briosi amar who gizbar who heard and that would be against rabiosi cuz rabiosi holds that if the gamar gizbar he's like an acher and it wouldn't affect it uh it wouldn't it wouldn't be putter from Truma, putter from Truma sorry it uh, wouldn't putter from trauma okay and that's a machlok, and cham will see together Okay, the, the definition of a gizbar. Is he ka'acher or is he considered ba'alim in, 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 the, in the property of Hektesh? Let's continue. Rabbi Hananya Chavrun de he's referred to as the Chavrun de Rabbanon, the Chavir of the R- Chachamim, says, Ba'i asks the following question. Yesh b'shel mehem now, the, what we said in the Mishnah is all these women give some flour to the baker and they make the dough. We said as provided that none of them have the shiur, then it'd be mechala because the naktum the was gonna effectively mechalek. he was gonna divide it to all of. Now he asks the following question. What it seems to suggest is the way really explains, and I think Rabbi Chaim as well. He says that one second, this sound the question is you're telling me that if one of the women has a shir chala, that means the baker has the mafrich chala from the entire batch. Now the question is yasser Lord Nigmar tov you menachala. It should be considered like it comes from Shalomi the What's this mean? Okay? So what's this case? If you recall, we talked about someone who took some wine. Now, uh, when it came to wine, we said that while it's still in the press, as long as it hasn't gone down to the the, the bottom bore. Then it's considered it hasn't reached gemaralacha, okay? Or it hasn't you haven't shown it, even taken off the, the the pits and the and the skins and the like, that would be Gemara for the um, for, for grapes, okay? For wine, so if you take a lug and you take a full cup of it, that's it doesn't it's, it's beautiful and clear. Rabbi Yossi says that it's not considered rich gemaralacha. You can still snack from it because why you're going to lachzir, you're, you're, you're going to pour it back in to something that hasn't reached gemaralacha, okay? So what's the, what's the kasha related to our case? So according to the Rashi Serilio, I'm going to explain it in a minute because it's even big, a bigger Hiddish, I think. He says that as follows. He says, but, um, I'll read you a bit, bit of, a, a bit of what he's saying. He says, <speaking in Hebrew> So why is it that here, don't we say that those are the small pieces that are the shir, you're going to split it up. And those small pieces aren't going to be chayib b'chala. So why is it the fact that it's together with this one that is b'chala, we say the whole thing should be chayib b'chala. Why don't we treat it like something that is, so for in the end, it's going to be part of something that's not yet chayib, all the other pieces. Because again, once you distribute it to the ladies, each part is not chayib b'chala. So why is the, all the other little pieces impacted, if you like, by the part that is chayib b'chala? Much like the fact that I've taken out a small little bit from this lug, and the fact that I'm gonna to... it's as if it's not it's it's not So to here shouldn't be khala. That's the way the Rashir explains it. Okay? That it's the fact that it'll be divided up again, is it's gonna to go to a, these other parts will be can, should be considered nonimar yet. That's the way he explains it. Um what's interesting here is Rukhain doesn't explain it that way. He explains, I'll read it to you inside since you're going to put it in other dough, that, that other dough is not yet reached it's quite a bichidosh then, then it should be considered if that soor itself is not reached like, which is really fascinating because it seems to suggest that if this soor, despite the fact this soor, this soor itself is, reached, is of the shear, it shouldn't be considered because I'm going to be combining with something else that hasn't reached the which is even even a bigger chirush. As opposed to, as, a, in other, as opposed to the way Rosh is explaining, since we're going to be breaking it apart and other parts themselves aren't of the shir, they should be that shouldn't be affected by the one that is the shir. He's saying the parts shouldn't be affected by, it shouldn't be considered Gemara because they're going to be added to other do that hasn't reached Gemara malacha, which is, uh, again, a bigger khirush. But anyway, the Gemara doesn't answer the question. And the Rosh Hashim really says, Maybe the, the Gemara thought, it, uh, the reason why the Gemara didn't answer is because the answer is obvious. Right. He says, the reason why I didn't bring the thing, you can't bring, in other words, the two cases can't be compared. When you take this lug in this flask, the flag of this flask of wine, you're taking it for something that hasn't reached Gemara Malacha at all. Right? And then you're going to be pouring it back into it. Uh, uh, the reason why this case is different is because all the dough is connected with something that has reached Gemara Malacha. Meaning one of them that is already cashier, Right? That's why he says you cannot pair the two cases. And that's why it's not necessarily like a Tiufta type of question, but the answer seems to be obvious. Okay, let's just we're a bit over a bit over time, but let's just do finish off the last finish off the daff. It says, Isat clubim. What is this isat clubim? So the Shimon Malakish says, koshi rebo Mursan. It's when you've you've mixed in bran to this um to this dough. So Mita mancha roim mimena Pamim She'ina. has roim It seems to be. That it, dep- it can depend on, like sometimes, despite our fixing in some bran, sometimes the shepherds do eat from it, and sometimes they do not. And it would one would assume that it's got to do with the quantity of bran, how much is in it that makes it no longer food for a person to eat. Rabbi Yochanan says, <laughs> Meaning that even if it's in a quantity that normally roim won't eat from it, that's only if you make it in this sort of block fashion, like like, like dog biscuit sort of fashion not in nice loaves. That if, even if it's in that sort of quantity of brand that, are, that, are, that people would normally eat it, if it's made like loaves, like beautiful bread, the chayev, why? Reb Chaim says, we're concerned that people will mix this up with other bread that is available to humans. And that's why it's critical that to be patur, it's in that right proportions and it's shaped in a way that it's clear that it's dog bread, if you like. Rabba says Bashem Rab Bushmul, that the Rabbi Ami says Bishem Rabhiya, Ribhi Rubbah, Afilo sa guluskin, even if it's made Galuskin. In other words, I read Rab Khaim, he says, the V Svirli Klavi mafilo sa patnikiak gluska rabba mursan. He says, even if you didn't combine any bran whatsoever, even if it's this is a beautiful pure wheat bread, you could if it's the oram, don't eat from it. And it was intended only as dog food you'd still be pato. In other words, if we find a machloket, is it the material? Like, is it mamash, the material and form that defines it as uh, animal bread or not, or not the pato from challah, this dog bread? Or is it one's intention? I mean, you can even make it as beautiful bread, patnikiya. It says, as we say, im But we said, but, but, but the mission said, it seems to suggest that they don't eat from it. Like, they can't eat from it. So he says, tifta b'sha'am, mishat rishno That it seems to be that What's the lo'ochlima ro'im That when it was originally baked, the ro'im never intended to eat it from it. That's the intention. So, what's it, 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 so I'll just read a, bit, a snippet of Rab Chaim. lahach virashah filu yippat is beautiful bread. Im asa If it was made for the intention of the, for dog's consumption, we say p'tura. Or besifri dashinan. And what Sifri learns is from, from the Pasuk because it says in the Pasuk, when you chayi b'chala, the Pasuk says, ariso teichem, from your bread, and therefore, according to this, this understanding of Gemara, even if, if the int- intention alone is enough to no longer define as a reset, rather as a reset club. Okay, that's a shir. Girls to everyone, have a good day.